We're looking forward to being edified, strengthening one another in the faith. Today we're going to um, go over part two. Now these, um, what you're reading in this handout, this is actually a sermon that I prepare for the brethren in Kenya. I was thinking about it. You know, um, we got to minister this to the to Africa, now we get to minister it to North America. <laughs> so this is, um, but it's a class. Because the reason why I'm doing this is because it's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to talk about it. Yeah. Because when you speak, when you talk about it, and you start bringing up different issues, see, we can all be edified on it. And, and uh, this is worthy of discussing. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing would be the same without the gospel. See, uh, without the gospel, where it's the power of God unto salvation, so without it, nobody would be saved. Well, this is what it says, Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone. It does say everyone. Everyone that believes. So today, we gather together because we believe, right? We believe. That Jesus has taken away our sins, which is really the essence of the gospel. Jesus came and he died and he took away our sin in order that we might be received of God. Praise God for the gospel, the message. And isn't it only God could come up with this? We're saved by believing a message, the message of truth. See, because the truth is true. (laughs) It's real. So we're not preaching about something uh, maybe theoretically, right? A lot of scientists, they talk about theoretical things. When this is not theoretical, we're preaching truth. In other words, it really happened. Now, um, this time, we're going to go over the, the implications of the gospel. Like, what does the gospel accomplish? Well, you, we're going to find, and this is just, this is just a, a, a the first gospel sermon that was preached by Brother Peter, he um, he shows us just just making that known what it can accomplish. The day of Pentecost. In the first chapter of Acts, we find the apostles waiting. Now they're just waiting. Right? Now, remember, Jesus had breathed on them. Right? But what was that for? That was so that they would be waiting. See, so he told them, Terry, don't, don't go off again. Don't go off. But see, because he breathed on them, they had they had been given. He said he said the words he said was receive ye the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But but so why are we seeing it again here? Because see the when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he was going to pour out his Spirit on all flesh. Now that's that's a little bit different than what he did with the apostles. You see, he gave them some direction. In other words, he he they had the sense to just to do what Jesus said. Jesus said. Now, it wasn't that they, they were ornery and were off doing their own thing. At this point in time, they didn't understand what they would understand after they received the Holy Spirit. And, and we can all testify that's the same thing that happened to us. See, there was a time when before we had the Holy Spirit, we didn't understand. This was a book and it was, it was, it, it was like drawing us, but it, we didn't understand it. The Holy Spirit comes to give us an understanding of what God has freely given to us. And it's a good thing. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna skip past this first page because we 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 are limited on time. It was needful for them 
See, it, it, why did God do it like this? Because it was needful for them to wait. Uh, well, we learn a lot of things when we wait on the Lord. See, there, it, he, he doesn't just tell us to wait and, and put us in a waiting moon for nothing. He's teaching us during the waiting. And he taught them, remember Peter? So we, we, we've got to, we've got to have a cast lots and replace. You see how, how Peter had wisdom. We've got to replace this, this apostle. And so, and they did that during that. So it wasn't just waiting. They were doing some things. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were, they were all with one accord in one place, just like Jesus told them. You see how that was accomplished? They were all there. I wonder if they would have been scattered. Well, see, Jesus, I'll put it in a higher perspective. He wasn't going to allow that. He, they were all there. And so that for them, though, they, they saw the sense of doing what Jesus said. Sometimes we don't understand everything, but we understand what Jesus said. That's enough, right? It will guide us to do what his will is. And something happened that had never happened before, right? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, now, see, to, to take that apart and try to diagnose each word and say, now, see, well, I know what those cloven tongues really, that's not the point. The point of the text is that every one of them received the Holy Spirit and it, it, was, it was on them. So you see how personal this is. The, whole, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit doesn't teach you anything different than He teaches the other believer. But it's still personal. Brother Justin? It happened. There was an effect of it. Yes. And they were able to do things that they weren't able to do before. Yeah. They were able to speak words that they weren't able to speak before. That's right. Able to, that's the point. The point <laughs> is, is that they were able to do things for uh -huh. God that they weren't able to do before the Spirit came. Yes, that's right. Amen. So they were empowered, just like Jesus said. You'll receive power. And so now... <laughs> They received power, but it wasn't like power that men would think is valuable. See, men can't take and misuse this power. Remember, the one man wanted to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. He wanted to be able to give. No, see, this God's in control of this, and He, if you're serious, if you want it, He'll give it to you. That's how God is. He's generous. God told them to wait, and they had been faithful to wait, and. Of course, they didn't really understand what was coming, but Jesus did. He told them to wait. <laughs> they were gonna, the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now, it, another thing we see here is that God set the scene. God's already set the stage for what's going to happen. There were dwelling at Jerusalem just happened to be. No, this is something. See, God arranged this whole thing because today, 3,000 people are going to be added to the church just how do you really, as a man, Peter said, well, you know, I think today I'm going to go out and preach. Now, God's doing all this. Yes. This, uh, this cannot be misconstrued as a coincidence. Yes, that's right. This is a purposeful thing yes. that is happening. Amen. And it, it has the mark of God's hand. Yes, it does. So uh, a person who denies it mm -hmm. 
has got to be willingly blind yes. to the circumstances. Amen. Amen. Now they, the men that were dwelling at Jerusalem, had no idea what was about to happen. But afterward, they would be able to testify. See, they would be able to see and put it together what had happened. Why? Because they were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we can all testify to this. When the Holy Spirit came, when, when you were added to the church, when you were born again, you could diagnose your life then. You could do it. You could look back and say, this was, I, when this happened and this happened. Why? Because you, you have been given... It's, it's, though, it's though God's insights are, are available to you now. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, what was going on here, it, this was kind of like a spectacle. On purpose, a spectacle. And so it was noised abroad. Remember, there, there, were, there was a lot of people in Jerusalem at this time. And the multitude came together and were confounded. They couldn't figure it out and said, doesn't make any sense. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, that's important to really understand what that just said. They heard them speak in their own language. Now, when you get down to the bottom, it says that every man in our own tongue. And we hear every man in our own tongue were when we were born. They, in other words, when a message went out, and it could be understood by every single person. Now, that's a miracle. They were all from different dialects, different places. And yet, the message that the, that, that the apostles spoke, it was understandable. Now, well, it wasn't tainted by denominational slants, was it? It was the word. One of the, one of the things... Here, these were people who had come for religious purposes. Yes, that's right. Uh -huh. So, they, 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 this was not just in the Hebrew tongue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's it was. Right. It was in theirs. Now, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to make a. It, it, <coughs> we talk about hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. God opens the heart and he opens the ears. Mm -hmm. But it's just like we're born. What are the first things we hear? We hear the words of our native tongue. Yeah. We don't understand all mm -hmm. of those words just yet. Yeah. But yeah. we grow in understanding. That's right. We come in at an entry level. Mm -hmm. And so they're hearing the initial words of the kingdom. In their in their native tongues here, mm -hmm. and by and you're making a point of the the uh, part of the spirit of God in our salvation. Mm -hmm. It's because of that indwelling spirit we begin yes. to understand That's right. the words yes. that we're hearing, and amen. we grow in that knowledge. Yes, Amen. Yes, Brother Justin. I was thinking about this in the Book of Genesis, chapter eleven. Mm -hmm. When the Lord came down to see the city that the that the people had built, and He uh -huh. said, "Behold, the people is one; they have it's all one. one language, yes. and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Mm -hmm. Go to, let us go down there and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech." Yes. But yet here we see at Pentecost that the Lord does it the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. That that there's a 
where there was a, a scattering before at Babel because of what uh -huh. men wanted to do. Yeah. There's a there was a, a, a like a unity here of understanding mm -hmm. language and what God was going to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everybody. <coughs> the other thing in, in verse six is. Uh -huh. uh, the multitude came together. That's right. I mean, they were drawn there. Yes. To hear these men. That's right. They were Christians. Uh -huh. Now, the Feast of Pentecost was a celebration of the law being given on Mount Sinai. So mm -hmm. the Jews had come from all over the world, as we're told. That's right. But they were here to worship a God that had given them a law yeah. on yeah, Mount right. Sinai yeah. and to yeah. celebrate that. And here, the multitudes are all being gathered together to some Christians that yes. are going to preach. Yes, it's, amen. It's just a remarkable thing. That's right. Well, the um, there's 14 different nations represented in the crowd here, and and they're here. Here they are. Now, see, they 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 can understand some, you know. But the thing is, is that they didn't. If if the Holy Spirit hadn't have made them understand it opened up their understanding to what was said now as far as did they understand the implications of it i'm not so sure about that they heard the words right. every man heard them in his own in other words when peter stood up and talked no one said i can't understand what he's saying nobody said that they all heard them in their own tongue it was accessible yes that's right and so what does peter tell so here here it says we do hear them in our own tongues what were they speaking? The wonderful works of God. See the, so this is critical. Peter is talking about the right thing. He's telling them what happened. And they were, they, they heard it. Now whether that they received it, they were all amazed. They were in doubt. Saying one to another, what meaneth this? Like, what is, what, they didn't understand everything that was going on, but they were able to hear it. That's important. Now others, see they weren't, this was a mixed multitude, right? Others, these men are full of new wine. So, the Apostle Peter, he he knows what to do. He doesn't just say, oh, you know, just don't worry about that. No, he's going to address this. The Apostle Peter was called upon to preach the first recorded gospel message after Jesus ascended into heaven. What an honor this was for Peter. He stood up. Now, Peter didn't say, well, or all the other ones didn't say, wait, we can't say anything. They were all preaching too. All of them were speaking. <laughs> it's just that this is, Peter's like, he rose up to be able to address the whole crowd at this one time. And look at what he says. Standing up with the eleven, they're all there, right? Lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day. I, what a rational answer. It's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk now. So he just like, he gives them the answer, and then he moves on. He doesn't dwell on it, because really it was a foolish thing to say, which is really his response is, what you've said is foolish. Here, every man is hearing us, in their own dialect, you should be amazed about that. And you're saying, well, they're all drunk. Well, do drunk people speak in other dialects? See, <laughs> they may speak, but a lot of times you can't understand what they're saying. These are not drunk men. He just dismisses, dismisses, dismisses that with a very reasonable argument. And then he moves on. Peter spoke <laughs> with great precision. See, Peter knows what he's doing. 
Why? Because he's just received the Holy Spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit will teach you to know what to do at the right time. And we're witnessing this in this account. Peter stands up with the eleven. They, they've been with Jesus for three years. They've heard a lot of what Jesus said. And now it belongs to them, as it were. They can use it. And look at what he does. Peter's going to reach back to Joel, right? He's going to reach back and he's going to bring this up because it's right at this point in time, it's relevant. It's relevant right now. What the prophecy that was given. But this is that he's he tells he's going to tell him. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, this is what was going on. So, but you see how Peter had been had been raised in the scriptures. Now, this wasn't something the this the Holy Spirit doesn't use something that you haven't been exposed to. So if Peter had never been exposed to the scripture, just maybe just some teachings from mom and dad, and but they didn't really go into the scriptures. They didn't know the scriptures that well. No, these brethren knew the scriptures. And at this moment, this prophecy came to pass. And Peter lets them know it. Now see, he's speaking to people that know the scripture. So as he's speaking this, they're... It, He's giving them the information that they need to understand. Because they, remember, they said, what's going on? What does this mean? He gives them the meaning. Yes, brother? Text in Joel. Yeah. Like he said, all of them heard. Yeah. And now it says in Joel that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Mm -hmm. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. That's right. So it wasn't limited to That's right. only men. It wasn't limited to only people of a certain age. It was mm -hmm. young people, old people in between, male, female. It didn't matter if you were a, uh, even a servant. Mm -hmm. God did this. It's not limited to a certain class of people, mm -hmm. certain nationalities, certain, uh, certain people get divided by all these things. That's right. Class envy or... Uh, Fighting because of come from a different country or different, speak a different language or maybe you have a different amount of pigment in your skin. Yeah, that's it, right. Those things don't matter. Yeah, that's right. The spirit out on all flesh. Amen. Amen. And that was the prophecy. The prophecy wasn't limited to just a, a specific group. It was limited. It was it, it was for all those who were in the image of God. This was everyone who had sinned and come short of the glory of God, which. My Bible says all have sinned. It was available. This was the gospel. You know, and, and Peter's going to get quite specific that God was going to pour out his spirit. But can God pour out his spirit on sinful people? See, is this, can the spirit inhabit someone who's still dead in treacherous and sin? See, this is, I think a lot of people think he can. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's okay. God will just put his spirit in you, even though you're still actively out there doing whatever you want to do. This is not how God is. When God gives you the Holy Spirit, you begin this transformation process, right? You become... So the, the thing is, is that he, he, the prophecy is going to pour out a spirit over all flesh. Now something's going to happen. In other words, the gospel mo is, is moves you 
to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit won't dwell in an unholy vessel. He won't do it. So we're baptized into Christ. In other words, Jesus made it possible, in what we're witnessing here, Jesus died for sin, right? He's on the cross. He died for sin, according to the Scriptures. He laid down His life. He descended into the depth. He rose from the dead, and He ascended into heaven. What's going on right now is that He's at the right hand of God, and He sent the Holy Spirit because He had really taken away sin. Now, this is the thing. Men down on earth, they don't know. How would they know that all sin's been taken away? This has to be declared to him. This has to be preached. And he has apostles, 12 apostles, are going to take this message and it's going to, to the whole world. This message, now see, we live in a time now when this message has been preached for twenty for 2,000 years plus. This message has been preached. Now whether or not men have received it, that really is beside the point. They were faithful to preach it. Now, the but see, the, the thing is, at this point in time, why is it that they can receive the Holy Spirit? Because sin had really been put away. Mm-hmm. And see, this is, a, I, I fear a lot of religion, it's like, like sin really doesn't matter. Because Jesus took away sin, it really doesn't matter if we're involved in sin. But see, this is an absolute misunderstanding. Jesus had to take away sin before anybody could have the Holy Spirit living in them. And what we're witnessing is a confirmation that that was done. Jesus really did take away sin because the apostles there, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and who knows how, how many others. I mean, it was a multitude of guests. Sister Heather? Um, the second part of the verse that Brother David mentioned uh-huh. where it says that um, I will show wonders in the heaven above and uh-huh. signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire. Yes. Um, and it mentions the moon being turned to darkness, uh-huh. or the sun. Is that is that what happened when Jesus was on the cross? Is he referring to those signs and wonders that happened during the time that Jesus was being crucified? Well, he, he talks about before the great notable day of the Lord. Now, this is another prophecy in the Scripture is like this too. He when Jesus, when 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 the, the times see the. the <coughs> well, it, 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 I'm going to say there, there's, there's other references that he's talking about the coming of the Lord, but it very well could. You know, this obviously, when Jesus was on the cross, some of this did happen. It did occur, right? Remember, the sun refused to shine and he was in darkness. But most of that was, was to accommodate his taking away of sin, being judged by God. But um, anyway, as far as that, I'm going to just. To, you know, I think I think it has more to do with the, the, the coming of the Lord mm-hmm. than, than than when Jesus was on the cross. But it, the, the thing is, this these this prophecy of Joel wasn't just talking about Jesus taking away sin, about salvation. It was salvation. But see, why is salvation so relevant? Because the world is going to end. We're all going to stand before God and give an account of what we, the deeds done in the body. So see. The prophecy of Joel, like it encompasses the entire time from when sin was taken away to when Christ comes back again, and so that, you know that's just a brief summary. So this is um, but I was I was taken that of this last thing. It says 
Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now this is how sure the salvation that Jesus purchased isn't like, well, it might save you. Isn't like, well, if you know, if if you're good enough. I've actually heard people say this. You know, if it after you come into Christ, now you really got to do a lot of good things, and if you're good, no, that isn't the point at all. Jesus died, and He took away sin, and we know it's got to be gone for these men to receive the Holy Spirit. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. He turns. He, he when he does his words turns the minds of those who are wondering. You know, you'll meet a lot of people and they're wondering about this. They've never really heard a lot about Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? They'll say, well, you know, the thing is, is that what does it mean to be a believer? That's really a better question. What does it mean to believe the gospel? Well, see, the gospel here, it like comes to its apex. Jesus had died. But I don't think any one of them, even the apostles, didn't really understand. They were looking for Israel to be reestablished. That's really what they were. They were waiting. They thought that that by now he would have, I think that they thought that Jesus was going to take over and become the king. And they were going to be like in his inner court. And they well, see, Jesus has something. God had something much larger in mind. See, Jesus is the king of kings. He really is a king. It's just that where he's going to reign is over everything. Not just, not just one nation. He's the king of kings. So the Holy Spirit is at work in Peter. And he's putting these things together in his mind right at the moment. Which is what every one of us need, right? We'll come into, into situations where it's like, what do I do? Well, but see, when you walk with the Lord, He leads you. He's the leader. So He hasn't led you into something that you can't handle. So Peter demonstrates this. This is a demonstration of someone who's, who's serving God, who's given themselves to the Lord. And now here, at this, at this point in time, He knows what to do. And so he, he enters into this and He answers the gainsayers' questions, those who thought they were drunk, he answers that. And those who, they just wanted to know, what is going on? Of course, before it's over with, the 3,000 are going to respond in faith. In other words, we'll see that when Peter preaches the gospel, he doesn't just say, God loves you. Now, this is very critical. The first gospel sermon, and he doesn't say one word about God loving them. Uh, this has got to be made known in our generation because our generation has corrupted what the love of God really is. The, John 3.16 doesn't say doesn't mean that God loves you while you're in sin. What it means is that God made a provision for you not to be in sin. That's what love is. God's love was manifested and that He gave His Son to be a sacrifice for our sin. And Peter sees it. Peter knows it. And he's going to preach this very thing with some very hard words. Peter has some very hard words for us. That's what he says to him. Peter speaks up and he speaks with great clarity of mind. And he said, God loves you just the way you are. No, he doesn't. Now, I'm, 
I am totally against this. I think you all know this. I, I'm totally because it doesn't produce con- conversion. It doesn't produce conviction. What Peter says does. It says, "You men of Israel, hear these words." Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. Jesus did enough. You should have listened to him. Which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. They didn't know that. They thought they did it. They thought they were the ones. But see, God setting forth to be a propitiation for our sins. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David, speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore my, did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall raise rest in hope because... Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Now, what did we just read? Peter laid before them exactly what they did. This is what you did. You had, you, the prince of life was right among you, and you rejected him. Men and brethren, let me speak freely of you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne. Remember, they're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Peter is giving a, a lucid and a very clear Understanding, he's preaching an understanding of why Jesus was raised from the dead. That he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Now, he's talking to people, and this is critical, that know the scriptures. See, when he, when Peter mentions mentions these, these scriptures, texts, they, they're, they, they're very well acquainted with them, but they hadn't been able to put it together. Peter puts it together for them in their minds. And so he concludes with this, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. We They, they were with Jesus after he rose from the dead. And now Peter is testifying of it. And see, a testimony of something that's real, has great power. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He has shed forth this, which you now see. He's the one that did it. Jesus is, well, you're witnessing, Jesus did from heaven at the right hand of God, and He's exalted, and He gives them all the reasons why this is right, why God would do this. For David has not ascended into heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand, shall I make thy enemies thy foes. Peter concludes his message by laying the blame on their door. He takes the blame of, of what has happened to Jesus and he lays it right in them. Why? Because that's real. That's what, 
We all have sinned and come short of the glory. See, there's a sense in which if we were there with them, we would have done the same thing. We're just as guilty because we sinned against God. Yes, brother? Apostles were chosen by Jesus to be witnesses. And they witnessed yes, Jesus' they life did. and His miracles. Yeah. They witnessed the, all the events leading up to the crucifixion. They witnessed Him being buried and resurrected. Mm-hmm. And they saw Him afterwards. And they witnessed Him ascending into heaven. Mm-hmm. But they didn't see Him sitting down at the right hand of God. This was... Uh, this was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's right. Now, Stephen, in Acts chapter mm-hmm. uh, 7, at the end, he says he saw heaven opened mm-hmm. and Jesus, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. But yeah. when Peter said this, mm-hmm. there's no re- record that he witnessed this. Yeah. This is a conclusion that you come to. Yes. The Holy Spirit revealed this to him. That's that right. Christ was in heaven, sitting Amen. at the right hand of God. Yeah. And all the apostles agree with this. Now, yes. It's over and over through the epistles yes that, the, that this is true mm-hmm. and this is what we believe I've never seen Jesus in heaven mm-hmm. people claim they go up there all the time and talk sports and do all kinds of mm-hmm. things that are not scriptural but all of these things that Peter mentioned here we did not witness them ourselves the apostles did mm-hmm. and we believe their report amen that's right sister June yeah. Um, whenever the, you spoke about the Spirit opening up mm-hmm. their understanding, while Jesus was with them, he spoke often yes. of his Father. That's right. The only begotten mm-hmm. of the Father, mm-hmm. and that he was going to his Father. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Now, nobody else was the Son of God. That's right. So you can see how the Spirit would put that together. Yes. The place of the right hand mm-hmm. is is the place of uh, inheritance. That's right. And and honor. Mm-hmm. The Jewish the Jewish culture taught that <coughs> the mm-hmm. firstborn got the lion's share of everything that That's the right. Father That's right. uh, gave out as an inheritance. So um, Peter mm-hmm. Peter would have been able to put things together. That's right. Amen. They saw him mm-hmm. ascend mm-hmm. to his father. That's right. And then uh, as you're speaking there, uh, there in Ephesians, mm-hmm. that second chapter, it's talking about uh, not not going back to the law and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he's talking also the Gentiles here later. And he says, the whole household of God mm-hmm. Are and are built upon the foundation of mm-hmm. the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, mm-hmm. in whom all the building fitly flame, frame, <clears throat> framed together mm-hmm. groweth unto an holy temple That's in right. the Lord, mm-hmm. in whom ye also are built together for an habitation That's of right. God through the Spirit. Amen. So, what Jesus did. Which made what made us meet mm-hmm. to be the habitation of yes. the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit, and you said this before, yeah. mm-hmm. He's a Holy Spirit. That's right. He doesn't dwell mm-hmm. in unclean places. Amen. That's right. So Jesus washed us. He made us yes. clean. Amen. And there's a part that's not, and that part has no part of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But that part of us which is born from above. 
is clean. Amen. And the spirit dwells there. Amen. Amen. So he's given them a pretty rough message, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he actually described what really happened, mm -hmm. which is really how every one of us got into the kingdom. Somebody preached and the Holy Spirit made it. It custom fitted to where we were convicted. What happened? It says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Remember the day you were pricked in your heart? Yeah. In other words, you knew I have offended God. Yeah. Now, why, why was the message fruitful? Because it presented the truth. Now, when someone preaches the gospel, and, and, and they, they really do preach what God has said about the gospel, it will convict the person. It will. Now, whether or not they respond in faith, see, this is not the preacher's purview. In other words, a preacher is not the one that convicts you. He's the one that presents what happened. And then the Holy Spirit... In the hearts of men will convict men of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. This is the Holy Spirit's job. So we, we don't want to, to try to do the Holy Spirit's job. We want to do what God said. Preach the truth. Let Make it known what God's done. And that's what the gospel is. It's an account. Actually, it's a good news. It's good news. Yes, Sister Jane. Yeah. People have got to come to the point to where they know it is with God. Yes, He's the one with whom they have to do. Amen. So that's what the gospel does. Yes, it does. Nobody that was mm -hmm. convicted said, oh, I haven't done enough nice things. Yeah. That wasn't the conviction. That's right. Yeah. Or I've, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of bad things. Well, that was a conviction because it put them at odds with God. <coughs> but that's the issue. Mm -hmm. They were the enemies of God, regardless mm -hmm. of whether what camp they fell in, the mm -hmm. not enough nice things or too many bad things. Mm -hmm. It was they had sinned against God. That's and right. God had the remedy. Amen. Amen. So, Peter, they're, they're convicted, right? They're, they're pricked in their heart, and, and they said something. They, in other words, Peter knew they were convicted by what they said. It's, it's a, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what do we do? They knew they had sinned against. They knew they had crucified Christ. They knew all these things. Now the Holy Spirit's making it personal. They're pricked in their hearts. And Peter says, well, go home and think about it. You just go home and think about it. And then in a few days, if you still feel the same way, we'll, we'll, we'll enlist you into this program where within seven days we'll teach you what it means to be baptized and and then if you qualify then at the end of that if you still feel this way this is of the devil what does peter tell him repent and be baptized that's what peter tells him now why in the world will we tell people anything different than that if a person you've been talking to them about the lord why do you talk to him peter didn't hate him peter didn't say ah see i told you you, you beat up my friend. That's not what Peter says. Peter knows this is bigger than personal relationships. Peter knows they've offended God. And now they, they want to know. They want to know what do we do. And so he takes it for what it is. He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of... For what? For the remission of sins. Peter ties repentance and baptism together. And he calls it remission of sins. Why would we want to do anything different? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. I look at this and I think, this is how it happened for you, isn't it? You, you, you knew you had sinned against God. 
And, and the preacher didn't say, well, it's okay. It's not okay. You've sinned against God. He says, come forward. Confess your sin. Now, there's a sense I can remember. I didn't want, I was afraid to confess my sins before anybody else. I mean, but see, he's talking about confessing them to God. He's when he's talking about, in, you're in the presence of God right now. Confess your sins and be baptized into Christ because that's the only place of, of security. You know, what I about eternal security, that's in Christ. Your sister? Confess your sins, not enumerate your sins. That's right. That's right. Your confession is, yes. I'm, I was a sinner. Yes. And I needed yes. the cleansing and the redemption Amen. and the salvation Amen. of God. Yes. His mercy toward me. Mm-hmm. I needed that. And uh, But you don't have to go around in detail. Mm-hmm. Everybody else you would say, I was a sinner, mm-hmm. can say the same thing. Amen. And then Peter tells them, just the, uh, uh, he, Peter wants them to understand that God's for them. See, God didn't take away their sins because He hates them. <laughs> he took away their sins because He does love them. Mm-hmm. And He made a way that they could come to Him and not have sin. Jesus died and took away sin. So he be baptized, and then He says this, For the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit is unto you and unto your children. And to, this is how we got in, brethren, to all that are far off. Amen. We were not of the lineage of Abraham. We were Gentiles, but we were far off. Well, look what God did in salvation. He brought us, He brought us in. Now, see, now we are co-heirs. Praise God for salvation. The, the, the gospel is good news. I remember when it was good news to me and it's still good news today. Jesus died in my place. Now, how could that be bad? He took away my sin. And now he's he's made us happy on the way to heaven. <laughs> made us happy. I'm so glad that we've been joined to the Lord and we can any other comments from the brethren? I really like talking about the gospel. I just really, really like it because it kind of breaks down all the barriers and you just see it as it is. God gave himself for us so we could be with him. Amen. 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 Yes, amen. All right, I have a word of prayer. Dear me, Father, we thank you, Father, for sending your Son and taking away our sins. Father, we ask, Lord, that we would see this more clearly as we consider it and think about it. Father, help us to, in every moment, uh, be be um, considerate of this. Father, we know, Lord, this will give us power over sin, that when, when the, the tempter comes, that, Father, if... When we understand what Jesus accomplished, we'll be able to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Father, we confess that we love you because of what you've done for us. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us and, and encourage us today. Father, we thank you for this food. We, we thank you, Father, that you've given it to us and you always provide our needs. We ask, Father, you would bless Sister Anita for her labors. In your son's name, amen.